Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk with the development manager for Secure It Gun Storage and discuss gun storage and the advantage of modular safes. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show started without the big man across the table, my co-host, Big Keith is in the house. Keith, what's going on? I get just, uh, you know, life full of excitement over here. My, Holy moly. Uh, yeah, as, uh, you know, Mike, you know, but uh, my, my son might have broke his elbow tonight at football practice, practicing a little too hard. So we were uh, running around a little bit and uh, and we're getting ready to go on a trip. So it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I um, my daughter had a little cold the other day and she is perfectly fine now, but she has passed it on to everybody else <laughs> in the house. The gift that kept giving. Yeah, so uh, if you're out there listening and you hear this raspy voice, uh, you know why why it's that way. Uh, yeah, you mentioned we're getting ready to go to Arizona. I'm pretty excited about that. So Second Amendment Foundation, they're doing the Gun Right Policy Conference, and uh, we were invited out there. We're going to go and check out all that stuff. Yeah. So, pretty pretty jam-packed schedule, it looks like, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. Me too, buddy. So when it comes to buying ammunition, you need to look for a product that is accurate, reliable, and if possible, reasonable in price. We've mentioned New Republic Ammunition many times in the store from our friends over at Target Sports USA, and it checks all three of those boxes, and it comes in six popular calibers. Be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at targetsportsusa.com, which gets you 8% off all ammo purchases, free shipping, priority alerts, and a whole lot more all for $95 a year. And if you're out there and you're one of our loyal supporters and you have not joined our mailing list, head on over to thegunexperiment.com. When you do that, a pop-up will come up. You can join our mailing list from there or go to the very bottom of the home screen and you can sign up there. Um, have you been getting anything yet or no? I did. Yeah. yeah I have. Uh, the last two weeks I've gotten something. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we're, we, uh, you know, we're putting stuff out on that. So we're putting content. We're putting out, you know, episodes will air on there. And also we do a uh, deal of the week. So deals of the week, I guess I should say. And um, we kind of scour the internet and find some good deals for you guys. So sign up for that. And we're going to end today's interview. But before we do, today's interview is brought to us by Flatline Fiberco. Flatline makes everything from slings to dump pouches to their brand new IFAC pouch. We recently did a thorough review of the IFAC and we were super impressed. It carries everything you need in a small and manageable size. I highly recommend checking out all their handmade products at flatlinefiberco.com. But to get an even better deal, make sure you use the discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10 at checkout to get 10% off. You know, I was actually looking at my battle belt the other day mm-hmm. and I was uh, kind of admiring the uh, the pimp IFAC a little bit. <laughs> it, it really is small. Yeah. Like it's amazing how much stuff you can cram into that thing. And um, yeah, it, it definitely it, is a good I mean, product. We've, we've said it before. It's, it's a great pack to get you to a point where you can get to a, a, a large full size. Right. Someone that can do some, some more work on it. Yeah. You. Yeah. But it'll, it'll get you there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, we are going to get into today's guest. Today's guest is a freelance writer who has been featured on multiple digital platforms as well as national publications. She's also a certified firearms and personal protection instructor. Her strong focus on gun safety and defensive applications makes her a perfect fit in her role as development for secure it gun storage. Please welcome Karen Hunter to the show. Karen, how you doing? 
Good. How are you guys? Doing very, very well. Thank you so much for joining us and being patient with us uh, tonight. <laughs> Oh, no problem. Thank I, you for having me. I hope me. it gave you time to get a little more relaxation in, maybe maybe a drink or two, <laughs> if you do that kind of thing. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. Right now, I'm just um, sipping on some uh, diet vanilla cream soda that I got from the Amish market, so that's that's how hard I roll. <laughs> I am a fan of vanilla cream soda. I will sounds, say that. Sounds delicious. So I know you grew up shooting shotguns with your dad, which I know is music to Keith's oh, ears. Yeah. He loves his shotguns. He loves shooting traps. So I knew when I said that it was going to make him perk up. Uh, how did you get from there to being a major force within the industry as a writer and instructor? And then your title at Securit is business development manager. So kind of take us down that path a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad would just recreationally shoot. We never really, I mean, just kind of target shooting in the backyard. It wasn't a lot. Never shot a handgun, you know, he had just kind of like older firearms passed down from, you know, his father. So, um, as I became an adult, uh, I really didn't shoot a lot. It was only just something I did with, um, you know, my dad as a kid. Um, I had kids, became a single mom and I did not want guns in my house. Um, I was the typical, no, I won't have any guns. They're not safe. The kids are going to get hurt type of thing. Mm -hmm. My brother started carrying, and we all thought he became this gun nut. Um, so funny to me now, but um, he'd come over and we're like, do you have your gun on you? <laughs> and like my family has never been anti-gun at all, but that was just a different world. Like, you know, as the most I knew of was, you know, somebody had a couple shotguns, you went and shot it in the backyard, but this carrying on your person, having one all the time was really foreign to me. So as a single mom, he wanted me to go to the range. And I was like, no, he hounded me and hounded me. Good for him. Me. So finally, just to get him off my back, I was like, fine, let's go. I went to the range. I shot my first handgun and I fell in love with it. I'm going to try that strategy I, with my wife. That sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was good at it. Um, I think the second shot, I hit the bullseye and I, and I'm ex I'm not competitive with other people, very competitive with myself. Yeah. So the fact that I did well, that, that you know, piqued my interest. But I also felt this, um, it's going to sound so cliche because I'm, anyway, I felt like, wow, if I really learn how to do this, I can protect myself. Like yeah, that, yeah. This, that's not cliche at all. This no. empowerment was there that I had never felt before. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can protect my kids. You know, the, um, if I had to, so yeah, I fell in love with it. And then after that, I was at the range with him all the time. I got my first handgun and it sucked. Um, but, um, and then I went to get my concealed carry license and I remember showing up. I didn't know anything. I remember showing up. I had bought ammunition from Walmart. And I had that in a Walmart bag. I had pink um, earmuffs because that's the only color they had left. <laughs> and I mean, just just from who I am now from that, it just kind of cracks me up. But um, And then I started that journey. I was terrified of the gun. I didn't want to carry it loaded. I was terrified it was going to, you know, go off on its own. Or if I fell or hit the wall the wrong way or something that I would end up shooting myself. Um, so to get used to it, I would just leave the magazine out and carry, I called it house carry. I would carry around my house just to get <laughs> used to the feel of it. 
right? And what it felt like to carry a gun. Um, but it wasn't until my brother actually took it apart with me to show me, he broke the whole thing down. He said, let me show you what this is all about. Let me show you what makes this gun go boom. Right. And when I, when he broke it all down and I just saw like polymer and, you know, other things, I'm like, Oh, and then I, I understood the, the basic parts like of around um, what happens when, you know, you pull the trigger. Like when I started understanding all of that, I realized I'm in control of this gun. As long as the trigger's protected, it's not going to go off unless I pull the trigger. Um, it really demystified it for me. So then I started carrying and, um, but I knew I needed more training. I, I knew enough to know I needed to learn so much more. So I started looking for training and all I found were like uber tactical classes, you know, people jumping out of helicopters, people doing chin-ups and push-ups and running. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not what I need. And I couldn't really find anything until I came across this one gentleman and his was very, um, applicable to my daily life and why I had a firearm and it seemed far less intimidating. Um, so I went to one of his classes, started learning from him and he said I was exceptionally good. And as we continued, he then asked if I wanted to become an instructor. And so he certified me as an instructor. So it's just a long road, but, um, who, who was the, uh, the gentleman that you started taking classes from? I'm sorry. It was a Fred Masterson. I thought so because that's how we that's how we met you was through Fred. So I, when you were describing it, it sounded like him. Yeah, he actually sent me the dot torture test. He's like, "Why don't you shoot this and show me what you can do?" So I went to the range and shot it, and I had no idea what I was doing. And he was like, "Yeah, we're going to train." That's when he decided to um, ask me if I wanted to be an instructor. He's like, "You you can shoot." <laughs> so now now your role is business development manager for Secure It. So. Uh-huh. That is a very fancy title. I am very. It's, it sounds like a, like a lot. So, what do you do day to day in that role? Well, it's kind of funny because my title keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, Chris, my our, our CMO, he said, uh, "Karen, um, we're going to just call you the uh, manager of authenticity." So it's <laughs> kind of funny because Secure is based out of Syracuse, New York. So they're very they they can be very limited, you know, especially with handguns. Um, and so I am like the resident firearms instructor and I'm very well versed in this side of the industry. So um, they use me for their go-to for copy they create, making sure everything's, you know, on par and, and correct, you know, that everything sounds right. Um, I handle all the event planning. Um, we just did a huge uh, event in Illinois for CQB. And I just helped write the curriculum for training with our safes. Um, there's a training gap when it comes to your safe in your house and using firearms for self-defense and secure it. Um, they're, they're wonderful because they're so open to everything. So um, we're starting a training curriculum for that, how to train with your safe. Um, the other things I do is really just kind of bring people together. I love collaborations. I love, there's so many good companies and people in this industry um, my passion is the everyday gun owner. So if I can bring together good people, good products, that'll benefit the everyday gun owner. That's, that's what I want to do. So, and secure it's so open to that. So we partner with other companies, we collaborate, 
Um, and basically that's what I do. So, that's great. Was there, yeah. was there a point in time where you knew that, you know, this was the firearms industry was going to be where you would end up working every day? Um, yeah. So when I started writing, I didn't realize I could write about things like this. <laughs> um, so when I fell in love with firearms and realized my other passions writing that I could do both, that just kind of took off. And not many people do that full time. Fred does it full time. And um, there's, a, there's a few people, but he and I, I mean, we're just writing constantly. And there are uh, a lot of articles that you have written out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny. I'm always embarrassed when one services from, you know, like over a decade ago, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Can we just like permanently delete that one? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's so funny. But yeah, w- once I began to see how um, there's so many people that want to be able to do this, they want to carry, they want to learn about self-defense, but they're, they might be scared or that might seem foreign to them or they're just clueless where to begin. That's when I knew this is what I wanted to do. And everyone I've met is just so amazing. Um, so many mentors, so many good people. It, it began to not feel like a job. So as soon as it didn't feel like a job and it felt like a passion yeah. and this is like what I get paid to do, that's when I was all in. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, a recent study found that 42% of gun owners in this country are now women, which when I actually saw that number, I knew that it was a, the fastest growing demographic, and I've said that many times, but when I saw 42%, I was blown away. So yeah. you wrote a great article titled, Truly Empowered Women, We're Real and We Exist. In that article, you state that you are taking back your gender from modern feminists. Do you oh, think- yeah. That do was you, my skill set article. <laughs> Do you think you could elaborate on how the rise in female gun ownership might directly relate to the empowerment and independence part of that? Yeah, I think that, um, I think there's a silent majority of people that are just quiet and living their lives. And then, you know how it's the squeaky wheel that gets all the attention, right? Um, I think that, that there's a lot, especially women who are tired of people dictating to them, especially other women, like feminist women, right? Um, Like I've had women tell me, I'm being, you know, this is what you should believe. This is the state of what it is for women today. You know, we're so, you know, held down and held back by men. Most women don't believe that. And and then they push the anti-gun and all the things, right? So I think with most women, they're just kind of tired of being, not being able to be independent of their own thoughts, of their own actions. Um, they're tired of being represented by different groups that that it's not accurate, kind of like what I discussed in my article. Um, but I think the biggest thing is they realize no one's coming to save them. Mm-hmm. And they realize that in this day and age, because in addition to you know, people trying to make us feel like we're oppressed and we're all the things, right? That there's so much conditioning that's being thrown out there and that's just not real. Um, I think that there is an also an element of this world's kind of crazy and people are starting to wake up and realize that, you know, we don't live in the same world we lived in, you know, years ago and, and women just want to be able to be empowered and be able to take care of themselves versus having to call 911 or, you know, wait for somebody to come and save today. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. So a couple things there. So first off, I do think that that empowerment, I've said this before, that when you realize that you're not dependent on someone else to come save you, 
it's almost like a superpower, right? Like you feel you feel like you have a superpower in the fact that you are capable and responsible for your own well-being. And so <clears throat> I I guess maybe that is even magnified more for women based on the fact that they're being a lot of times the feminist movement is telling them how they should be and instead it's this you're taking back that power which i think is is really great and then the other part of this is i think that uh when you look at this article when i read it you did a very nice job of speaking about this from a woman's point of view and the empowerment part but you were very very careful in not putting down men and the fact that you know how, how treating a man and letting a man still be a man is 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 a worthwhile thing, and you really kind of bridge that gap really really well. I thought it was a very very good article. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's you know it's it's funny, and I think that I'm more passionate about that now that I'm in this industry because I have not once met any any man who has belittled me, made me feel bad. Like we hear a lot too, like, oh, um, there's women out there that are like, I don't like how I get treated when I go to the gun store. Like I'm just this little lady here, have a revolver. Like I've never experienced that. Like I've just experienced really supportive people, especially in the professional side um, of this industry. And so sometimes I think there's a lot of misconceptions. And I think that if we women as gun owners aren't careful, we can let that feminist mentality kind of filter into this industry and we can become too triggered, no pun intended, or too <laughs> sensitive. Um, but for me, I think, you know, we're all just shooters. Like it's not, you know, a gun is hand specific, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not gender specific. And I just think that sometimes, um, you know, it goes both ways. Like women need to be empowered Um and supported and we need to support men because men are not the enemy we're all equal but we're created differently and um we all have different strengths one's not greater than the other but we need to appreciate what both have to offer but it, like i tell women all the time if we're not careful like there's certain things like sp <laughs> there's certain clubs or groups that are women only even in our industry don't necessarily agree with that. But if there was a male only club, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. like all the way around, I think that that's something I really advocate for is, is, is men because like, it's like they can't win for losing. You know, I know some men <laughs> that are, are just great gentlemen. They're chivalrous. And I know some women that take that the wrong way. And I'm like, no, they're not flirting. They're just help holding the door for you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, just mother just raised them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I honestly think you put that perfectly. And, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I really appreciated the article and it was great. Thank you. Yeah. It was really funny when I wrote that one, I didn't think they were going to let me write it. Um, they did. And, um, it's funny. So a lot of my female friends were like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> it's the truth. You, I mentioned earlier that, you know, you've had quite a, you've written quite a few articles. You mentioned, you know, the ones that peak back up and you're like, oh, do we really have to go back that far? You know, so let's look at it from the other perspective. Can you give our listeners maybe two or three pieces that you've written that you would want them to read? You know, what, what ones would you pick? Mm. Um, definitely, definitely the one that um, you just talked about, because that was one of, I really enjoyed that article. And one of the things that I try to do is I do things differently because there's not a lot of female writers in the industry. 
So when I started, people were like, oh, do it this way. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it my way and see how that goes. And um, it went well. But I think the other article that I really like, let me get the, I'm terrible. with. They always title them for me. Let me get that title real quick and I'll tell you. Um, it's called Women of the Resistance. Okay. Yeah, I came across that. Yep. Yeah, that is probably the, my most favorite article I ever wrote. Um, it's about, you know, women during, during that war, like things you would never imagine, like that spirit of, of, um, freedom and willing to fight. Like we have, you know, that's still lost in our younger generations, like that love of country, love of freedom. Um, it's really diminishing. Yeah. Um, willing to risk your life for a greater cause. Like, but the courage, like I highlighted several women, one of them was, um, uh, Julia Child, the um, the cook. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the cook. Yep. Yeah, she was. Uh, she wanted to serve so bad, and they wouldn't let her because she was over six feet tall. So uh, huh. she worked for like what was it's now the CIA, but what what they were before, and she developed like shark repellent for the Navy so that the sharks wouldn't detonate. You know warheads that they had down under the, I don't know. Did she cook that up in her kitchen too? I mean, like where did that come from? Yeah. And she couldn't even boil. She said she could barely boil water. And then once, once the war was over, she met her husband, went to France and became a chef. That's a great um, story. Yeah. But that one, that was such an inspiring article because these women did these amazing things while still being very, very feminine while still appreciating the men in their lives. Like to me, that's what's kind of being lost on our younger generations. Um, but yeah, these women were just brilliant. So that would probably be my favorite article. Okay. I read the one, but now I have to go back and read the other one. I didn't read that. So, one. Something for you to read on the plane. Tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at this point, you know, this is kind of old news, but still, I think very relevant. I feel that everyone is pretty familiar with the whole Liberty safe debacle. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you are. I know you said you're getting a lot of conversations about this and you're going on podcasts and stuff. So as a representative for a competing safe manufacturer, what is Secured's take on the situation and and your policy? I, I did I did sort of look at your uh, the video that you guys put out, but I figured I would give you some airtime to talk about your feelings on this. Yeah, so it's really kind of interesting because I will admit um, I had no idea that safe companies retained any codes. Uh, us either. Yeah. That's what Keith <laughs> yeah, has been saying so, all along. Why? <laughs> yeah. It was really interesting because somebody, because people were like, oh, you guys took advantage of this opportunity, but it really wasn't that. It was more of a, a you know, almost like, well, somebody it, called out us and a few other safe companies on one of the social media platforms. And they said something like, what is your policy? Somebody shows up to my door with a warrant. And I, and so, you know, we, kind of got together our team and I was like, I don't even understand what they're talking about. Because How would that affect you? Right. If you don't have the code. Yeah. They're going to cut your safe. Open. I mean, they're already right. coming in. Like it doesn't matter if they have a code or not, they're going to get into your safe if they want to. So I didn't understand what they were talking about. The next day we saw Liberty's um, statement and I was like, what? So I asked my CEO, I said, Tom, what is this code thing? Like, and he said, Oh yeah. He was like, so with certain safes and certain locks, people retain, like there's two codes, like, um, like our answer series, um, that type of lock comes with two codes and we give both of those codes to the customer and tell them to reset them and how. 
and we don't retain that. We don't even keep the serial numbers associated with who has what safe. Um, Tom doesn't want any of that information. His take on that is people are firearm owners. They're grown adults. Yep. They should have full autonomy over their safe and be fully responsible. Good for, for him. Yep. Yeah. But he said that some companies keep a code, one of those codes, on file, you know, um, in case somebody gets locked out. Which I understand, safe. you know, yeah. that I, and that's been my perspective on it is, you know, like I understand, you know, that part, a customer calling down the road. Oh, I lost my code. Can you help me? Oh, it's great that you have a code to help me. Thank you so much. I also understand a company saying, I'm sorry, we don't retain that information for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. And I said, wow. I said, I never knew that. He's like, yeah. He's like, I said, so what if somebody gets locked out of our safes? He's like, they'll have to replace the door. um, But he's like, that's a, he's like, I, you know, we get the inconvenience, but to him, it was so much more important. And he did this upon inception of secure it. Like they've, this isn't new just because Liberty did this. It's always been this way. Right. Um, he's like, everybody should have full autonomy over their safe. He's like, it's theirs. It's their responsibility. Right. And I thought that's great. I'm like, well, do we do replacement keys? Because I'm so I started thinking about that. And he was like, no, we don't even do replacement keys. So I think we're one of the only companies that, that we don't do any of that. You do what anyone else does when they get locked out of a safe. They call a locksmith. Right. <laughs> And, you know, the locksmith can either get in or they can't. That was the part of this whole thing that made me scratch my head is uh, the FBI needs to call them. Like, I'm sure they have someone that can open a safe. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, sure that didn't make sense to me either. It was so weird. And and yeah. either, either someone that can open a safe, meaning like, you know, pick the lock or pick the, or someone that could cut open a safe, right? I mean, like, we all know that safes are on full point. Yeah. Because I talked to some of my law enforcement friends and they were like, they were a little bewildered too. They're like, they usually bring a locksmith with them or they just cut it open. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like to call the safe. It's just so weird. I don't know. If everything, you know, comes to a halt and, and they cut open a safe and there's nothing there or, you know, and I don't think that's the situation with this Liberty one, but it could happen, right? You, you're yeah. innocent until proven guilty, right? So somebody could come in with a warrant for whatever reason, cut open your safe and you're innocent. Now what? Right. And I guess they got to replace your safe. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've had a, we've had law enforcement people on before and they've said, that's what happens. You know, right. uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of uh, a bill and yeah. he was like, you know, if you, we blow up a washing machine, you know, or whatever right. happens, you deal, you deal with it later. later. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's what, I mean, but does that, you know, make it any better that, oh, they had the code. So now they don't have to replace the safe. Like I, it doesn't, I make mean, it any better at that, at me. that yeah, point you're, me you're in, you're in missed is people didn't know there was a second code. Yeah. So yeah. like, I think it all comes down to like, I saw people arguing about all the things and I'm like, it just really comes down to as a safe company, if you're going to retain something like that, the customer should be aware. It should well, be their option. Was it in the fine print? Did, does anyone know? Like I, I don't own a Liberty safe. So um, people were saying no. Okay. And then Liberty came back out and did a second statement um, that I don't honestly think didn't help them. Um, I, I know at the end where you're going with this. Yeah. And, and they talked about that and then they came out and said, anyone who would like to have the, the second code expunged can do so by going online and filling out this yeah. paperwork. I, um, I, I saw that and I said, that's just too late. Like you, you can't do that retroactively. You know, you already screwed up and now you're trying to like put out the fire. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't so know. I, I'm thinking that. that people didn't know. I don't know if it was in the fine print, but I, but I'm like, I've been in this industry a long, long time. 
And I had never heard of that because when, so yeah, so we came out, I said, I, you know, we were talking about it and we decided we need to come out with a statement because people are going to start asking. We are customer service department because we don't have uh, anything automated. Like when you call security, you get a live person mm-hmm. and live person, you know what I mean? Um, a breathing and, human. Yeah. A breathing human. And um, <laughs> they just could not keep up. They were like, and that's kind of when we started figuring out, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I'm like, we need to put something out there to tell so our customers aren't concerned or yeah. worried or, you know, cause everybody kind of felt like, you know, we always are getting our freedoms stomped on or right. threatened to be taken away or this changes or that changes. So, you know, it was just one more thing that just made everybody feel uneasy. It, so is it only digital say like digital combos that have these two codes or do analog ones have them also? Um, I, that I'm not, I, I could not answer that. Okay. Yeah, that's that would be a Tom question. <laughs> my, my guess is no. You know, my basic understanding of analog combinations, I don't think yeah, you can like have our Fastbox yeah. series. Um, they only have one, mm-hmm. uh, just a default code that you get that you have to change. The answer series is a different type of lock, and it has two, and then the customer gets both of those. Um, and both of those are digital series, right? Um. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, it's definitely commendable that. That, that that's the position. I think that, um, you know, that that's the right place to be. There's no need, in my opinion, for any safe manufacturer to store a code for any reason. I understand the perspective of the customer service piece, but there are lots of things that, you know, I, I have a car that has the keypad code on the side of the door. It's yeah. not where it normally is. And uh, I've gone through forums and the dealership's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Right. You know, like that's just the way it is. I don't the part, know. The part that one of the things that bothered me with that is it's also <laughs> a very old car, but that's what's <laughs> one of the things that bothered me with this whole thing was the fact that they weren't even subpoenaed. So they didn't have to give it. Yeah. That, that yeah. part really bothered me. Like they kind of just were like, sure. I mean, we didn't read the subpoena, right? Like we didn't read it, but we're pretty confident based on the warrant, the, you're saying. The warrant. Well, they came out, that's where they kind of I probably shouldn't say this. Um, no, it's okay. When I read their second statement that they came out with where they changed their policy, they said, moving forward, we will, you know, we will not act unless we have a subpoena. So they kind of came out and just said, said it. Well, I also read, I think I, it might have been their first statement, Karen, but I felt like they, to me, I walked away like this isn't the first time that they've given a code. Yeah. Even Apple, do you guys remember even yep. Apple? Yeah, out. yeah. They have <laughs> since changed though, right? Like they don't do it anymore. You know, now, now, you know, if, a you know, some sort of law enforcement agency wants to get into a phone, they got to go to a third party. A- Apple won't do it anymore. Yeah. They, they didn't do it then either. They, like they, then. Were, oh, right. they never did it. I thought they had done it once, but no. maybe I'm mistaken. That was the big thing yeah. is that they protected you know, privacy. Like, you know, yeah. And they're like, what, the most liberal? Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, ga- they're, they're gathering more data than probably anybody. They are, but they value customers though. That's, that's the other part. And I respect them for that. But, you know, I think, too, this whole thing, like, this is kind of what I've always pushed with education, like, as a gun owner, and, you know, when you are stepping into that, you know, responsibility, you have to educate yourself, you have to ask questions, you have to figure things out, you cannot, because um, I even, you know, doing what I do, I kind of take for granted what I know, but when I realized I didn't even know there was, like, a second code on some of these safes, or that it was retained anywhere, um, it made me realize I really need to start really like, you know, analyzing everything right. and thinking for myself versus just taking whatever's, you know, given to me or told to me. So, yeah, 
I I also I came oh another article one of your articles that I had come across was uh, you wrote it's not that old it's not a decade old but it was back in 2019 <laughs> and uh, it caught my it caught my eye because it was titled uh, concealed carry or open carry and oh, yeah. uh, that's a it's a um, lifelong debate here on the gun experiment <laughs> and um, between the two of you yeah, yeah between oh, yeah. the two of us yeah and there's no need to go into it because <laughs> my Karen is in the concealed camp. All right. So, um, I, I, I am <laughs> based on that article. Um, but what I did want to talk about is in the article, you mentioned that the attacks on the second amendment were at an all time high then, right? 2009. Yeah. I believe that pressure's only gotten worse. So oh, way worse. do you think we're coming to a peak and, you know, of this and are we, you know, getting to a point where we're ready to accept, uh, you know, this constitutional right as an, as Americans? Yeah, I don't know. I think that like right now the Biden administration is trying to regulate private sales. Mm -hmm. Um, if you sell more than four guns, you're now a reseller. So like you have, he wants to put something in action where you have to get a license. I just think that there are so I think people are starting to see the ridiculousness of what's happening. My hope is more people will begin to stand up and realize that this is really important, you know, and the second protects the first. And I'm seeing more and more, uh, what what would you say? Liberal gun owners now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I just think that, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that people would, I'm not, I'm not like inciting, um, a civil war. Or like right. Like, you know, like the people I work with is secure, you know, they're based out of New York. And when I go to New York, I, I, I have no firearm. I, I cannot even go into a gun store at New York in New York and pick up a handgun. Oh, we know. We know all about New York. You, you can pick up a shotgun all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, and For I'm now. a shotgun fan. So yeah, I'm hoping like um, I'm hoping people start to see and they're not so passive and they begin to well one vote on things and two you know stand up speak up and well I've I've been trying to take an approach recently that like we have to stop it being political yeah and I you know you know I know that's I don't know uh, a pie in the sky wish right but well if the Republican and the Democratic Party or just all political parties stop making it political yeah it, it's a right it's the only right that it's the only constitutional right that gets discussed at this level right yeah. and you know right yeah. it just like it's not political it's for everyone whether you like it or not yeah it's it's not up for debate it is what it is it's your you know well when i look at like liberal gun right. owners and keith this is kind of along the same vein of what you just said uh i wish liberals would say we want the democrat platform of x y or z Pick, pick, right? But leave our guns alone. We're we're with them on this one, right? Like I want, I want to protect my family, just like, you know, the guy who's, uh, uh, a, you know, a deep Republican wants to protect his family. And so, you know, you say not politicize. It's it's more of just recognizing that it's not, it shouldn't be political in nature. It should be about people being able to, you know, protect their families, protect yeah. their, you know, yeah. their livelihoods, whatever. And I mean, I mean, we, we, we're, we're talking about, you know, the government shutting down from spending. Right. And, you know, I mean, just, it's just, it, it, it's, it just cracks me up that it's a thing. Like there are a lot more important things. Yeah, absolutely. And just because you own a firearm doesn't mean you're 
you know, a right wing nut. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with that. Just everybody has the right for that. And I don't, it. and I don't say that, you know, in a, in a position where I'm trying to desen- desensitize individuals and, and those that have been victims of, of gun violence or mass shootings. Like I don't, I don't say it because of that. It's just, right. that's not the political part of that, that you're using that to be a political part of it. And, right. Well, I, and those are tragedies, but I, I you know, feel like someone dying of a meth overdose is a tragedy, right? You know, right. right. I just feel like liberal gun owners need to say flat out, like, this is not a policy we want you to, you know, to dig your heels in on. Yeah. I mean, that's the, all I want. Locally, the, you know, this is going to air down the road, but today there was a terrible bus accident on right. a local highway. That was a tragedy. Right. Uh, no more buses. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I, I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And people just, but what's really sad too is how skewed. Um, all the statistics are. Yes, and, for sure. Statistics uh, are a funny thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And if people really go down, some there are some organizations that look like they're fantastic and they'll have a great cause, and you want to support that, right? Because it's helping, you know, educate children and educate people on guns so children are safer. And they really do a lot of pandering to that. But like, if you really go down the rabbit hole to a lot of these things, you'd be surprised what they're attached to things you would never want to give your money to. So there's a lot of good people donating money to what they think is good, but they're actually, their money is going to a platform that's lobbying for gun laws that they would be against. So I always encourage everyone just really, really, really check. Um, There's some good things out there and there's some bad things, but um, yeah. So sometimes people are, hurting themselves because they're not doing enough research, if that makes sense. Definitely. So we're going to move on to some other uh, conversations here in a minute. But before we do that, where can people find you? Um, yeah, well, we can do Securits. Um, sure. Um, it's uh, securitgunstorage.com. Um, that's the website. Okay, great. And you have social media, obviously, right? Yeah, and I think um, on social media, it's just Securit. Um and okay. it has our new. We just rebranded. We launched our new brands. I saw that very cool, logo. very cool new logo. That was that was yeah. pretty neat. And I have all those links in the show notes for your website and all your social media, so people can get it pretty easily. Uh, so I want to get to running gun, but before we do, I want to talk about uh, our friends over at Ridgeline Defense. Ridgeline is one of the nation's premier training facilities and offers programs based on proven tactics and real real world experience. Their highly trained staff specializes in pistol, carbine, precision rifle, breaching, sniper operations, and low visibility force protection. If you're looking to take your skills to the next level, you found your new training partner. Check them out at ridgelineshooting.com. All right, so Karen, we are going to put you through run and gun. This is 10 questions, rapid fire. First thing that comes to your mind, it is timed and it is competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? My night, night hot counselor. What gun would you buy if money was no object? A cabot. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? I'm sorry, repeat? If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Oh, Ernest Hemingway. Favorite caliber? Nine millimeter. Favorite hobby not gun related? Hiking. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Fine. All hell breaks loose. Is it better be armed or trained? I'm sorry? 
if all hell breaks loose, is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, shotgun, shotgun. You're, yeah. the, you're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? With two, I felt like I was on the end of Family Feud. <laughs> no, I honestly really, really good with two repeats um, because, you know, I for just couldn't hear us. Um, yeah. 46.46 seconds, top 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you were moving. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think rifle, she, pistol, or shotgun. I think really. I mean, I, I and of course I couldn't help myself. She got excited. I got excited about the <laughs> but well, I, that's I, a hard one because I can't really pick a favorite platform because I have favorites in all of them. But the first thing that comes to my mind, like like the, my go, it's where you grew is, up. You got to you got to stick with that. Yeah, that and I love my shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like, I love the Nighthawk answer in the beginning. I'm a Nighthawk fan. Yeah, he's I, got a Nighthawk. I, I own one too. All right, so. I want to get to Let's Mix It Up. Uh, Let's Mix It Up is brought to us by 4Patriots.com. 4Patriots provides long-lasting and delicious food options that are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it most. Keith and I have put their food through taste testing, and we were really impressed. It's delicious, nutritious, and comes in a great value. Head to 4Patriots.com and make sure that when the time comes, your family is prepared for the worst. Be sure to get 10% off anything you order with our discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10. And I, every time I hear you say li- delicious and nutritious, I just like the rhyme just gets me every time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is both of those things. We, we taste tested it. Yeah, I know. I just, every time you say it, it's just like, oh, it just, it rhymes. It makes you happy. Makes me happy. Okay, good. Uh, so on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we are going to discuss Securit's gun storage options and the advantages of modular safes. So Keith, could you bring their site up on the big board? Already on it, buddy. Thank you. Uh, so I thought we would kind of leave this open-ended, but I wanted to first start off by saying what I, I I like about your product so much is the modularity. And Keith will tell you, I, I'm just into that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love modular stuff. I love being able to change stuff out. I just think it's really cool. So that's kind of my just overall opinion. I think it's a, a great concept. So with that said, um, is there a product line you want to start with? Um, whatever you guys want to start with, whatever you're most interested in. Okay. Well, I love the answer. I think what I like about the answer safe is that you make it in like a two door model that opens up like a giant cabinet. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. Where did that come from? That concept? That would be a Tom question. So really everything we have, our CEO, Tom, um, he's a genius. <laughs> so he's designed all of that. Um so I think that the, the answer is a welded safe. So like our our um, our Agile series of safes, you put those together, um, which has has its benefits. But the the answer line is a little more, it's a little heavier. So like the answer twelve, I think weighs almost four hundred pounds. I okay. Think. So you can still move it. Um, it's not one of those big safes that's never going to go somewhere else when you move. Right. Um, but it also, it's, it comes welded. It has um, an electrical outlet inside. Um, yeah, I have, I have, well, I have one of everything, but like, yeah, Tom designed all of these. So. Well, I think what I like about the product line is, and then you just kind of touched on it, is if you look at the Agile line, like you said, that's kind of like, maybe, maybe you're in a situation where you're 
apartments in a narrow hallway and you can't get a safe up there, there there's a solution mm-hmm. for that. And then, you know, you have solutions for pistols and then you have solutions for really big gun collections like some of the bigger answer safes. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference, so this is how this is how I could best explain it. The difference between the Agile series and the Fastbox series from the Answer series is Fastbox and Agile series is more fast access. Yes. Like the, the answer is a little heavier. So like it's great for more storage, things like that. But the other lines are more fast access, gotcha. um, like a holster for your house. <clears throat> like yes. I can get into any of those safes and have my gun at a low ready in under five seconds. Yeah, what I like about the fast box, for a while I've thought of having something small, which the fast box is, is on the smaller side, and mm-hmm. having sort of my EDC guns in there sort of near the door that I leave every day so that when I'm ready to walk out the house, I just, you know, I uh, go in, grab it, and I'm out the door, you know? And then when I come home, it's right there to kind of lock it back up, you know, when my kids yeah. are around and stuff. So I think it's a really cool concept. Um, the fast box is my favorite. It's really cool. You can have it horizontal or vertical. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. And so you can get a vertical bundle. Um, so you can use pistol pegs. You can use the accessories that way. Or you can do it horizontal, you know, put it under your bed. Or, I mean, I have those all over my house. Like, I am never more than two seconds away from a secured firearm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I love about the So that would be the biggest difference between the answer series and the other series. The others are more more fast access, more um, decentralized storage, you know, throughout your home, more like incorporate into like a home defense plan yep. where the answers are more for, you know, I mean, this, the door is a little heavier I and mean, you can still access it pretty fast, but it's just not considered as fast access. But, um, right. but all of them have the same uh, configuration abilities. That's probably my favorite thing about all of them. So like, just like a gun is hand specific your safe should be specific to you. And when I write, like as in throughout my career, I've never just like picked one company of anything. Like I have to stay kind of open to everybody. But when I met Tom, you know, several years ago with Secure It, that's the only safe I'll ever write about because it's the only one that made sense to me. Yep. Um, because like I had a big safe, right? And, but my guns are, I couldn't choose where I want to put my guns and nothing was in the right place for my reach. And with his safes, like you get to decide where you're going to put your long guns, where you're going to put your handguns, where right. you're going to put your bins, you know, like maybe you and your wife are both shooters in your home. Maybe her reach is, you know, it's just completely configurable and customizable. That's, I think that's my favorite thing. Is there ever any discussion about doing, like, I know you sell like um, modular kits for gun rooms, you know, things like that. But how about a, um, uh, you know, a a gun room door or, you know, a vault door? We are, we have people, um, we do not create a vault door, but we have people that we work with where we can get good, you know, we we can do that when like Tom does a lot of gun rooms, like, like vaulted gun rooms for people. So you get get like a consultation on like what you need for a gun room. Yes. Yes. And we have, um, people that secure it, like even just gun, like our gun wall panels. I love those things. Hmm. Um, if you have a wall that you want to do, um, you'll work with people that secure it and they will take your measurements and how many guns you have. And then they make a, they make a rendering for you That's cool. and send that to you so you can see what it looks like. Well, with room for expansion, I'm sure. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. And where, and sorry to interrupt Mike, is there somewhere I can, is there somewhere on the website that talks about that? Um, we are in the process of redoing the website and okay. I am not, I'm not sure if that's in there yet or not. It's, so I didn't see it anywhere. That's why I asked, but yeah, um, I don't think that's out there yet. I mean, um, you have a gun room and gun wall section. That was where I would have thought it would have been, but so I'm so. actually looking at your gun wall section, your gun room section. And I was curious, because you guys are so modular, have you ever thought of doing more like customized, like colors, custom like logos, things like that? Has that ever been discussed? Yes, that has been discussed. And sometimes it's a matter of being able to find somebody to do that well. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, so with this new branding, we have, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this yet, but um, we have a- Don't worry, like no a, one will get upset with you. Yeah, it's, it, um, it's like a puck that's coming out that has our wolf logo on it. But, you know, we're talking about what if we did, you know, you know, that could be like, change, like you could change that out and put something else on there. But then another thing they're trying is like um, doing different colors on the gun wall panels. Yeah, like um, they come in gray. Like I was thinking like, do they make them in black or could they come in yeah, black? That's like, not custom. Or black or camouflage. Yeah, that's something that they're looking into. I'm not sure where they're at with it, but that's definitely something they're looking into. Gotcha. Is there any of the lines that, I think you said the Fastbox was your favorite? Yeah. That's a newer product, correct? Oh, and the Fastbox is one of the original products. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't We are know. coming out with, and I can, I think, I can talk about this. <laughs> We're coming out with a newer model of it pretty soon. Uh, okay. Maybe I should just leave it at that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, keep um, going. <laughs> it can go it can go from house to vehicle. We'll say that. Oh, so, that's cool. That is cool. And instead of the instead of yeah, I think I should just stop. I cannot remember if I'm allowed to talk about this. Isn't that awful? Um That is not awful. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who if anyway, but, if you um, get in trouble, just send them to us. We'll straighten it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll take yeah, care of yeah. it. <laughs> but there, but I this is what I love about security. So we were at Gunsight um earlier this year. I was doing a women's event. And one of the instructors at Gunsight is like, Karen, I, come come here. Because he saw the fast spots inside, you know, the, the classroom. And I went out to the back of his truck and he just had guns just sprawled everywhere. And he was like, I'm going to tell you what I need. So he told me what he needed, what he thought would work well on his truck. And, you know, our, my CMO came over, Chris, and he was like, all right. He went and talked to Tom and the company made it. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, that's a great idea. I kind of, and I have no idea, but like I, I'm envisioning like this ability to be able to, transport like almost like the gun cabinet into a secured you know modular system yeah. in my yeah. car like that's a really cool and then you can make a big one that goes in like a bed of a pickup like yeah. a real big one that'd be, that'd be cool yeah and i i know i can talk about this we're changing our keypads too okay so okay. i love the way tom thinks like um you know biometrics are cool but if you think about it if your hands are wet or you don't keep it clean or yep anything like they're not always going to work, right? Yep. So um, this new keypad will have a, an option of biometric, but that's for convenience. Um, but the key, the actual keys are going to be bigger um, because in a, if, if you have to access something fast yeah. or in the middle of the night or yep, dark, or dark. Um, yeah. you lose that, um, you know, your fine motor skills, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so the buttons are a little bit bigger and you'll, you'll be able to find them in the dark. I mean, it's just really cool. So um, we are coming out with new keypads. And the cool thing about that is anyone that has a safe right now, when those come out, it'll be interchangeable. They oh, that's really cool. Keypad and put it in their safe. And you mentioned this during, during the interview, but I, I, you know, the videos on the website are pretty good, but can, uh, can you talk a little bit more about the gun safe training? 
videos. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've always talked about fast access, you know, our safes have fast access. Right. And, you know, I was thinking about that and I was like, well, it's only fast access if you train for that. Yep. Like if you never go to your safe and practice the combination, because like I would, I will practice my combination all the time. I'll practice it with my eyes closed. I'll practice it in the dark because I want to make sure if in the heat of like something happening, I can get into my safe. Right. Um, but if you don't train with it, you're going to be flustered. You, you're not going to be able to hit the right keys. Who knows what could happen? Um, and then when seconds matter, that's important. And um, just like when you draw, like if you're concealed carrying, if you never ever practice clearing your garment or drawing your firearm, you're going to fumble in in a time when you really need to perform. So all that needs to become muscle memory. So I was talking with everybody that's secure and what we kind of did is made this curriculum where you look at your, you, you can take a safe and that can become your home defense safe. So it's like a holster for your house and there's a way to set it up. You set it up for you to decide what gun, you know, what type of this, like, what do you want in your home defense safe? And then when you put things in there, you're not going to pack it full of all your guns because you have to make sure there's enough clearance. You have to make sure right. things are positioned where you can index, where you can draw. So then you put yourself through like scenario training where you, um, you're sitting, like maybe you're sitting in your house, you know, you think of like, okay, glass breaks, what do I do now? Wherever that safe is, you go to it, put in the code, open the door, bring your gun to low ready. How quickly can you do that without fumbling? Mm -hmm. So basically, that's a very, 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 very light overview of this curriculum. But those are the things that it talks about. Um, cool idea. It also goes yeah. into like, you know, how to draw from your safe, how to um, create a home defense plan, like where. What, what are the best areas to put safes throughout your home and things like that? It's definitely an overlooked thing. You know, I mean, I'm an analog guy, so I, I like spinning the combo. And, uh, you know, it is you uh, for me personally, I, I don't. And I've said this on the show. I do not keep my home defense weapon in uh, that safe because it's not or those two safes because it's not, you know, it's not easy to, you know, to uh, to get in there spinning a dial quickly. Right. You right. know, um, and then the only other, I think the other, uh, safe model we didn't <sighs> talk about is the true, the double wall concrete filled. I mean, if, if you want something that is like all out, you know, ready to go through fire and war, that's <laughs> the one, right? That would be the one that <laughs> is a heavy, heavy safe. It's just the coolest thing. Um, that's more like a, um, like if you want like a true vault yep. type safe in your home, like maybe you have priceless heirlooms, right. you know, documents, um, a collection of Nighthawks. <laughs> yes. You know, things that we absolutely, you know, um, yeah, this, this safe has a true fire rating. It has, um, it's, I mean, it's poured with concrete inside the walls. That's like, crazy. Yeah. And we're actually getting ready to, um, create a video for that. Um, to show how this is done, to show where it's done. To, and Tom will talk about what makes it different, but it's actually a true, a true safe. Um, so what, you know, if somebody, some people do need, or they want that vault type feeling, um, right. the additional, like secure, like nobody's going to sell into that. <laughs> like nobody's going to, yeah. <laughs> um, my yeah, ultimate, my ultimate gun room is like that, but much larger. Like I, yes. like we've talked, I've talked about it with Mike, like I want to 
you know, fortify the walls between the vault door and, you know, my, my like gun room right now is already surrounded by three walls of concrete. Oh, you're, you're like almost there. Yeah. I'm almost there. So just have to, having to close it in when I close it in, I just, I want to fortify that last like couple. You need some gun wall panels. (laughs) I will definitely need some gun wall panels at some point. Um, But yeah. So I I think this is like, there are people who definitely want this type of protection. On the other end of that spectrum though, I'd said about how I like the modularity. We didn't talk about the uh, the stackables. Yeah. So the agile stack stacks are really cool because you can just keep stacking them and stacking them and stacking them, and oh, you yeah. can just get as many as you want. And you know, you guys sell a quad kit, which is four. So for the listener, uh, the only thing I kind of see like as a downside of that is that you know you do have like I guess you could key them all the same, right? I'm sure, right? You can set the, the combinations, right? Yeah, you can set the combination to whatever you want to. And what's really cool about the stackable is you can put that door on on the 40. You can, like, if you put it on top, you know, it's got a lower, um, the keypad's low. Yes. But let's say you, you took it apart for some reason and wanted to put it somewhere, somewhere else, you can put that door on the other way. Oh. To make that key. Most people don't know that. But yeah, and the quad kit's really cool. Like some people want that bigger, safe feeling, but stairs are a problem. Right. Like you can get this up the stairs, you can put it all together. Yeah, and, and whatever you want, the they can all be keyed the same. And that's always up to the So wait, so you could make it so the doors like open sort of like away from each other so that you have like one giant, almost like the way the answer is? I believe so. So the door, wait, how would it swing? Yeah, because you can flip that door over to make That's, it too bad. Like, yeah. on the so you would still have a wall in between. You'd still have a pillar in between. But Yeah, you still have a pillar in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because but, there's still four separate safes. Right, but you could open it so that it would, like, easier access. Now, it would be really right. cool if you could, like, link all of those keypads together. And, like, you do one of them and they, and all, they, all, open. And they all open. And then they all open. Yeah, that would be killer. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys are thinking when you get you on the product. Page. <laughs> <laughs> I I like uh, I'm just looking at the the product picture and this one has like although I think it's a waste of the entire safe but they have like a compound bow in one and I'm like I've never thought to put a bow in <laughs> my bow in a safe but it just shows that 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 the modularity is there and you can do a lot with these things so very very cool. Well, we have a guy that is into oh I don't even know what it's called he's got all of the the um, medieval like. That might not be the right word. Sorry, Stephen. Um, like the axes and things oh, from yeah. those, like oh, the yeah, Renaissance yeah. time. Yep. He just decked out a gun wall with all that stuff. It looks so cool. <laughs> That's very, very cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I have to say, like, you guys are 100%. I mean, like, the the innovation is very cool. You know, everything from the, <clears throat> the accessories that you guys have. I mean, it's everything that you could think of. You know, it's got bins. It's got shelves. It's got, you know, pistol pegs. So there's a lot there. There's a lot of... A lot of modularity, like I said. And there's pages upon pages of accessories. Yeah. Yeah, and one of my favorite things, like, is the light bar. Like, I have seen, I have not seen anyone come out with a good light bar. And I have tons of friends that, like, go to Home Depot and just try to, you know, rig something together. Right. This light bar is so cool. It's magnetic. It's slim. It's, um, you know, you, you can charge it. You don't need batteries. It's got two settings. So you have the white LED light or you have a low red light. That's cool. Um, and it's motion sensitive if you want it to be, or you can leave it like, um, you know, on and off. But yeah, the light bar is pretty cool. That's one of my yeah. favorite things too. That red is dope. Yeah, I like red that. is pretty cool. You guys, like I said, you guys are definitely uh, 
when it comes to like the innovation. You guys are killing it. So anyway, Karen, I want to thank you for coming on and and discussing your journey in the firearms industry. As a father of two daughters, it's great to see women such as yourself making huge strides in the Second Amendment community. And I want to thank you so much for helping to blaze a wider trail. I think that that's uh, very, very commendable. I personally love the products that you guys are putting out at Securant, and I particularly love the modularity that the company focuses on. I would highly recommend that any listener that's in the market for a new gun safe, go and check them out. All their links are in our show notes. And I don't think, if you don't know know about them, you probably do. But if you don't, I do not think you'll be disappointed. Very, very cool stuff. And uh, get out there and read a few of Karen's articles. For sure. To everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, and Spotify so we can keep the conversation going. 